So, Chuck, you got a construction business. Are you going over the books right now, uh, looking yeah. at uh, how where the money's going? <laughs> he is now. <laughs> so, uh, so this is actually, um, it happens often. It's called internal audit and procedures. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to uh, open a little bit up to, I'm not just the redneck. And uh, we actually know a little bit about business over here because my wife is smart and I married her. So Those um, two things actually, don't seem right. Uh, That's like Jimbo is, Shrimp. Is, <laughs> Listening to a four by four radio network podcast. Next in Tire USA, we got you. Find out more about the tires that three out of four Jeep talk show hosts prefer <laughs> to run on their own Jeeps. The Next Entire Rodian MTX at nextentireusa.com. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was. That's good. Uh, Three out of four dentists <laughs> don't brush their teeth. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Josh. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. And now, a Jeep Talk Show special episode. That's what you may be hearing very, very soon on our Monday special episodes. Not every week, but every once in a while, there'll be a special episode. Chuck, you remember that interview that we did, uh, just just you and I? Yeah, it was a fun time. That's going to be a special episode. That'll, that may be our first special episode. Really? This is the first time Chuck's hearing this. Wow. And and by the way, while I've got you all here, yeah. I want to interview each one of you. I want to get oh, an cool. interview with you. Uh, what's your name, Wendy? Yeah, uh, yeah and, Wendy. Uh, Josh? At, at least this week, it's Wendy. <laughs> no, we already did one. It was about 10 years ago. <laughs> I know, but it was impromptu. I want to do an official interview, you know, a good 45-minute interview. Uh, get all the. Uh, it was damn near three hours. We had to break it up into two episodes. Do you know? <laughs> oh, really? I was thinking it was like fifteen minutes. I thought it was so cool. Oh, I, well, it was. It was an interesting conversation. So it went by very quickly. Oh, we went long form there, pal. I, yeah, where it all started. Anyway, there'll be an interview with Josh soon. <laughs> I don't care what he says. He he likes talking. <laughs> Yeah, you talk too much, Josh. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> you know, somebody somebody posted we, we on... We don't have the bandwidth for this, Tony. We don't have the story. <laughs> to start. Somebody on, uh, on TikTok oh, actually said, uh, actually commented on that and says, you talk too much. And I started to ask him, you know, this is Tony, not Josh, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't ask. He could have been talking about me. But, but honestly, uh, with that interview between... <laughs> yeah, but between Josh and, and Tony doing that interview, that would just be really awesome. You guys are going to bring up all kinds of funny stories, I'm sure. Oh, and yeah. I did history. not. I had, I had I, no idea that he worked at a strip club. Then <laughs> that came out in that to, interview. Yeah. Used to. Yes. <laughs> well, he wasn't like working the way you're saying it, Tony. He was spinning records and making music. Well, I, my guess. actually, the poll, that's how I found out the he, polls spin. I was, I, I completely lost respect for those women up on the polls, finding out that they, they actually spin. I thought they were just, you know, uh, chalking up the inner thighs and they, you know, really had to slide oh, <laughs> on those polls. But Wait, no. I'm sorry. Is this the Jeep talk show or the peep talk show? What the heck's going on here? I, it could be. The, I yeah. mean, it depends on what yeah. the listeners want, Wendy. I mean, so, I'm glad you asked that. 
Hey, you know, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty or getting your pole spun, you're in the right place. Whether you're, whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey Jeeper, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I will not be talking about strip clubs. I will be talking about an <laughs> Thank you. that Newsweek just bestowed upon Jeep, however. We will find out that federal property, we'll find out what federal property was burned up in this one particular Jeep fire, and I've got a story of how a Jeep employee came to owe a dealership tens of thousands of dollars. Later in the show, I'll be going over the top five rules of trail repairs, so stick around. Howdy, it's Wendy, and did you know we moved? Yeah, that's right. Newbie Nuggets is airing on Tuesdays now. You won't want to miss it. I talk about all kinds of topics for the newest of Jeepers. And this is Chuck, and it only cost me 13 cows, one cattle trailer, a 12-pack of beer, and a little bit of respect, but I made it to the show. There's no respect in there. in a pear tree. <laughs> I'm getting my violin out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, I get no respect. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> I, whatever. It took a lot, but I'm here. Yay. Uh, I'm Tony, and winter has come to Studio A in Southeast <gasps> Texas. It what? was down to 57 degrees today. Brr. Jesus Christ. You know what? <laughs> it was, wait a minute. It was 18 here in Big Bear. 18 there's degrees. No, there's no bragging. Yeah. Yes, there is. 57 is nothing. Send blankets, those are, please. No. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> Got to get those numbers down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the great. The size of my wiener. You're, you're not muted. Uh, I don't know who you're talking to, but you're not <laughs> muted. <laughs> pointing it out. I hope that's Shit. somebody, I hope that's a human you're pointing that out to. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. The Jeep brand, renowned for its iconic and legendary 4x4 ability and its uh, award-winning SUVs for more than 80 years, is the winner of a new award, Newsweek's Best SUV Lineup for the now second year in a row, as part of the publication's annual 2022 Autos Award competition. The all-new 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee, 2022 Wagoneer, and the 2022 Grand Wagoneer received top honors in their respective categories. In addition to the overall Best SUV Lineup Award, the all-new 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee and the 22 Wagoneer and 22 Grand Wagoneer received top honors in their respective categories as well. During the evaluation process, vehicle features and specifications accounted for 75% of the judging score. The remaining 25% was based on vehicle drive impressions by Newsweek staff. Vehicle scores were averaged to produce a product line score, which determined the overall winners. So, big congrats to Jeep for winning another iconic award. That's pretty you know, cool. It seems, like, it seems like Jeep is almost winning as many awards as they have recalls. Yeah. <laughs> they are stacking them up, aren't they? <laughs> kind of balances things out, if you ask me. I don't. I don't yeah, there know. You is, go. That, is that a wash, or is, is that is the scale still tipped? Do you guys think that there will come a day when Jeep is not the company that we we've known it to be for eighty years? I hope I mean, not. I that's hope a never. long time to maintain that level of interest. Tony, I remember in the late 80s and early 90s that the Jeep was not anything that anyone cared about. I hate to say it, but there was a 
degradation of Jeep for a long time. Interesting. Yeah. It wasn't until the TJ that all of us. Were, that's it. Okay, that's interesting because you know. I was real interested in having a Jeep about seventy six or seventy seven, and I didn't even know it was a CJ at well, the time. Sure. I, I found that out later. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 was when AMC owned it, and when when yeah. AMC went under because of that, when 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 all the things were going on with the rollovers. And AMC sold it to Daimler Chrysler. Daimler Chrysler made the the YJ, which is really just a CJ7 with a different clip. I mean, the, 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 and all the listeners are going, oh, my God, my YJ is the shit. Really, it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. But I remember when that happened and all of us diehard AMC fans were like, oh, my God, Jeep's really turned to shit. And it wasn't until like the TJ and all of that that we're like, eh. I guess it's okay. I, I, can, I, mean, there, I guess I can see that because it, it was a radical change from the CJ, wasn't yeah. it? It was, well, it was, it was a plastic, it was a plastic dash. I mean, the biggest thing was the plastic dash of the YJ, and that's why we all got turned off by it. Because the YJ and the CJ7 is the same exact tub, literally the same tub. But they put a plastic dash in it, and all of us, like, we got all, like, Full retard we're like oh my god that's terrible you know we can't do this and it, there's there's nothing looking back on it now there's nothing wrong with the yj at all i mean i run yj suspension on my cj5 that's why i've got good flex you know but it wasn't until the tj came out that all of us were like eh i guess jeep's okay again yeah, we're gonna do it again probably in another couple years you know but it, it is what it is you know well, I, I would say with uh, Tavares, I think is his name, at the helm of Stellantis, I think we will be liking our brand and keeping in with the Jeep thing, because he seems to have his head on correctly and making some good decisions. Well, and if I could name drop again, when we had Jim, Jim Morrison on here, he was very concerned about what the end user wants. They very much listen to the end user, and I think that shows in the JL and uh, of course, it shows uh, in the two door Gladiator with the 392 they're coming out with soon. Mm-hmm. I'm lying; he, they're not. But I'm just saying. What? What? <laughs> Wait a second. Two door. I'm just saying. Two door Gladiator. Right, good thing I've been saving my money. <laughs> 392. Two door Gladiator. Oh, and let me throw this in with a Bob uh, the Bed. Great, oh my gosh. Great approach and departure uh, angle. <laughs> come on, come on, Jeep. You can do it. Yeah. Huh, you, just make one, and I'll I show it off even to the world. <laughs> I don't even need to go to bed with my wife tonight. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Moving right along, Josh. Next story. <laughs> Sorry, is, I was somebody, getting caught up. Somebody I was s- caught up in the technical details of how to swap a CJ dash into a YJ. Yeah, yeah. So this somebody sent me this or sent the Jeep <laughs> Talk Show this story, <laughs> and this is I'm glad you got this on here. It's really oh, cool. Really? I yeah. didn't see that come in the come in the mail stream. No, but, it was uh, it was social media. It was social media that we got it uh, on, kind of a, a direct yeah, message no. type thing, and it was it's surprising. So I'm glad Look you got you this story out there, Jeepers, just sliding all up into Tony's DMs like that. How about you? Well, a small batch of votes was lost in Baker County, Georgia on Monday due to some rather bizarre circumstances. On Tuesday, Gabriel Sterling with the Secretary of State's office mentioned 43 outstanding ballots in Baker County went up in flames after a vehicle transporting mail caught fire. The Baker County Sheriff's Office posted about the incident on Monday providing pictures of the Jeep enveloped by flames. Deputy said that the driver was not hurt and said that the post office has a list of packages and mail on the route should anyone be expecting a delivery that they did not get. 
Sterling said that they are currently working with the U.S. Postal Service to see if there are any images of the ballots, but should the worst come to worst, all 43 will simply just be reissued. Oh, that's good. I like that. You know, I'm yeah, so- but somebody's Amazon package is uh, yeah. well, not looking like it should, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a few people out there that aren't getting Grandma's letter. I'm thinking of a great use of a time machine, and, and maybe just one that you don't actually travel, you can just view what's happening in the future. It would be really cool to have shipped a large uh, packet of popcorn uh, in this Jeep. And uh, that would be just people would freak out. Was well, there's all this popcorn popping out of this thing? <laughs> Smell like burnt popcorn. <laughs> I was going to say it's like running it in the microwave too long. Yeah. It'd be a little burnt. <laughs> yeah, I never like seeing Jeep fires uh, no. nonetheless. But I mean, you you got to ask the question though: Would a fire extinguisher have made any difference? Depends on where if, it started if, and right. how, how long I mean, it took. Yeah. yeah, how long it took to yeah. burn. And yeah, how no, big I'm, that, and how big the extinguisher was, because a lot of people just carry that little itty bitty tiny one that didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, a pound and a halfer. I mean, yeah. maybe a two pounder if you're if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you don't see much over two and a half pounds in, in a Jeep. I think I do have a two and a half pounder, a three pounder, in, in most of the rigs at work, uh, and I think I have a two and a half pounder in my Jeep. But uh, but nonetheless, if I'm I'm just speculating here, looking at the uh, the this this Jeep that is, I mean, it looks like a, maybe a JK, possibly a, a JL, but. Uh, completely engulfed in flames. There's two pictures, kind of a before, I should say a during and during. an after. <laughs> uh, but in, in the during photo, as this Jeep is, is fully engulfed in flames, you, you, you notice that the front tires are virtually gone. Yep. Now, yes. there's still some rubber in the rear, leading me to believe that the fire started in the front of the vehicle and uh-huh. moved towards the rear because the front tires are now burnt off. The rears are still there getting burnt. Um, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that there was something, maybe a fuel line or something yeah. like that, uh, in the front of this Jeep that, uh, you know, right hand drive Jeep, who knows what they screwed up in, in doing those mods. But, uh, <laughs> uh nonetheless, uh, I'm believing that this, that the fire started in the front. Now, had there been a fire extinguisher, uh, mounted to the, to the roll bar or, you know, to the, uh, outside of the Jeep, you know, something within easy grasp, uh, nonetheless, there's a chance that, you know, the fire would have never even made it into the cab. Uh, but it looks like, uh, nonetheless, this uh, uh, this person just didn't want to deliver mail that day and set their own Jeep on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so there's usually a, a flashover whenever you pop the hood. So I wonder, I wonder if they popped the hood, if it wouldn't be a large a burst of flames in their face. And then you have to try opening the hood again, which is very hot, <laughs> and, well, then, looking, and then work the I'm fire extinguisher. The, I'm looking in the during and the after uh, photo in the during it looks as appears after as if the hood is still on the jeep at that point and mm-hmm. the after it looks like it has been pulled off i'm guessing uh, probably by the fire department so they could oh have yeah that makes sense for it it reached that that massive grass field immediately adjacent to oh, where God. this fire was happening i didn't think about that that could have been yeah. ugly yeah especially with a grouping of trees right there that that could have passed uh i mean it could have gotten out of control very quickly uh, but nonetheless, I'm glad that there's no injuries involved, and uh, and we're sure this election will be secure. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, how about this? An office manager must repay nearly 50000 bucks to an Ohio Jeep dealership after she was convicted of falsifying dealership records. Just uh, amazing on, on this one. Check this Whoa. out. 44-year-old Nicole Bradley was sentenced on October 13th following an investigation into her role as an office manager at Irwin Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Yogurt Shop in Troy, Ohio, (laughs) about 19 miles north of Dayton. 
Now, according to court documents, Bradley received $47,475 in unauthorized funds from the dealership between 2019 and 2021. She was sentenced to five years of probation and 40 hours of community service in order to pay a total of, well, $47,475 divided into monthly payments as restitution to Erwin Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Now, according to the investigation into this thief, it was discovered that she had access to the dealer's credit cards that she then used to send Amazon packages to her home address and buy items such as furniture, clothing, and birthday decorations. Wow. That's bold. I mean, seriously. The sheriff's office also found evidence that she altered her wages to make payments on a car that she purchased through the dealership. My goodness. I mean, just layers and layers of dirtbaggery here. Now, Erwin Chrysler Dodge Jeep had uh, been successfully cooperating throughout the investigation, which led to the conviction. Nicole Bradley was originally charged with one count of theft and one count of falsifying records, both fourth-degree felonies, and was indicted on March 9th. Court records show that Bradley agreed to plead guilty to the forgery charge on September 2nd, and it seems like she played out of the uh, the other charge. If her sentence is overturned, though, and the judge decides to throw the book at her, she could serve up to a year and a half in prison for screwing over a Jeep, Jeep dealer out of nearly $50,000. And uh, this just in, she's uh, recent. Uh, she's under investigation for a recent uh, male Jeep vehicle fire. So I don't understand the altered her wages ah, to make payments amazing. on a car. One, so I mean, I, if I you're a dealership, look, yeah, I, and I didn't know you could do that. That's great. Well, <laughs> but I'm just saying. So if I walk in the door and I say, "Hey, I make five hundred thousand dollars a year," they may not be able to verify that because I could whatever. But if I work at that location, <laughs> they know what they pay me. How do I alter that there? Like I don't understand that one. Well, it's all about trust you know, and how much work you do as an office manager, I guess. Well, you you also got to think. I mean, they may not know how much that she makes. I mean, it might you know if she worked there for a number of years, who knows how many raises come and go? Nobody's ever supposed but, to talk to anybody else about how much they make. Somebody's paying her. She's the well, office manager. She's not cutting the checks, probably. Maybe well, she is. as an office manager, she's probably the where where the buck stops. I mean, for for most companies, especially you know companies who employ you know a, a couple dozen employees, I don't know how yeah. big or Chrysler Dodge it, Jeep Ram exactly. really is. They I, may have a hundred employees. Chances sure. are they use a payroll service. Correct. And so all she had to do was submit, you know, a, a, a forged document that, that showed a change in, in, yeah. in status. And suddenly she's making 10 grand more a year. Yep. Perfectly, uh, you know, yeah. plenty, plenty enough to, to cover the payment on the new Jeep that she took delivery of. It may not even been forged. She could be doing payroll. And, right. she, and she puts the I, numbers in. So it's yeah. just like yeah. there's no checks and balances. Stuff like this I, can I, happen. I'm just going to give myself I, a raise this year. Yeah, I guess I'm just not cut out for that kind of criminal background because I can't no, figure out how I, to do it. Well, wouldn't yeah. you just be we nervous? Wouldn't yes. you just be so nervous? that you get caught. Yeah, especially having stuff sent to your home. That's stupid. Well, that that's Sorry. that's I, I mean that's where the stupidity uh, you know kind of comes in layers. But I mean you got to think if you don't have any oversight. I mean if if the the only person who you answer to in the entire place is the general manager or corporate, right. that's and true. you never ever see them. Yeah. You know, I mean you it's probably sort of worked into the fact. That, well, I can get away with just about anything I want. <laughs> And if you've been there long enough, you probably can. So, so Chuck, you got a construction business. Are you going over the books right now, uh, looking at uh, how where the money's going? (laughs) He is now. (laughs) So, so this is actually um, it happens often. It's called internal audit and procedures. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to open a little bit up to I'm not just the redneck 
and uh, we actually know a little bit about business over here because my wife is smart and i married her so those um, two things actually, don't seem right uh, that's like jumbo is, shrimp is, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so fraud is uh fraud is actually a very simple thing and it usually starts with something very small like i want a coca-cola you know and you and you do the two dollar thing and then you pay it back and then you oh, okay I'll, I'll get a coke and a, and a hamburger and then no big deal and then you pay that back and then oh no big deal maybe maybe it's just for dinner and then oh okay maybe it's a laptop and then next thing you know you're buying very large things over multiple years and it's because you don't have any internal audit and procedures actually put, put together and um it, it's a very very common common thing that we actually take care of uh on a on a third party basis on any business and a lot of the small businesses because um, we care about our employees and we trust them and they trust us and you actually never think that your employee is doing this because right. it's usually the best employee it's the employee that shows up first thing in the morning and they stay all day and they don't take lunch and that's where they change we'll use air quotes they change their income because they're actually they're not taking lunch they're staying uh, late they're doing quote overtime justification and, and it's a very very yeah, it's a very common thing. And then they believe because, you know, maybe maybe the, 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 the laptop, you know, is only, you know, $799. You know, well, I, I, I deserve that because I put so much overtime in and I've done. And it's a, it's a slippery slope. And it happens to the best of employees because there's no internal audit and procedures, right? So we do that on a regular basis in all of the businesses that we have. And it's just to make sure you keep the honest person honest, like the front door lock, right? I mean, anybody can break into a house. It's the lock that keeps the honest person honest. So internal audits and procedures keeps the honest employees honest. And, and it's, it's a sad thing when you watch them because the, the individual that ends up doing this amount of fraud is not a bad person. They just got caught up in it. And it, it's actually a sad thing as a, as a CEO. As, I've been a CEO for, for a very long time. And you look at the person and you go, man, bro, like I, I loved you. You loved me. We did Christmas together. You know, how, would, how can you do this? And they go, well, I've spent all this time extra. And you're like, yeah, I would have gave it to you, but don't steal it, right? And yeah. it, it's, a, it's a slippery yeah. slope. It, it happens. It happens often, often, often. But uh, back to the redneck, Chuck. Uh, I'm going to have another beer. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I mean, I she she embezzled money. Go ahead. <laughs> this woman embezzled money to buy birthday decorations. I mean, you needed to steal money to buy balloons and streamers. Really? I but, I don't know. But, but she didn't though, there, Josh. That, that 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 that's what I'm trying to say, Josh. I mean, it, it she didn't need to, but she. No. I, and of course, I don't. I don't know what the logistics of this is. I mean, I, I, I agree that ultimately, ever, black know. and black and white is white. I mean, yeah. I mean, right and wrong. I mean, if there if there's if there's rigidity in the law, absolutely, she's 100 percent wrong. And and in economics, there is rigidity. The right there is no gray area in economics. However, I'm just letting you know that in the real reality of the world, in the reality of business. A lot of these people are not bad people. They just get caught up in the slippery slope, right? So, I mean, she, I mean, it, it is what it is. And it, the bummer of it is that, 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 that she, she got caught before she fessed up, right? And, and I, I, I hate to be the, the, the devil's advocate here, but 
I mean, a, a lot of the time it's it's because they they put the extra hours in. They do the the they work through lunch. They they work overtime, you know, and and they think it's justified because at first it was just five or six bucks, and then it ended up being you know forty seven thousand four hundred seventy five dollars. Right? So where's where's the the, the, the line the, of delineation that would make her a bad person though? I mean, if she had taken this forty this fifty grand and used it to fund ISIS. Well, okay, that that would be a bad person, you know. Um, uh, clearly, uh, right. you know, maybe this was done out of necessity. Uh, you know, like, like you said, we don't know the the details, the parameters that led up to to you know all of this, okay. any of this. Right. I mean, I mean, how how many times, Josh, have you taken some money to do something, and maybe maybe you put that funds towards something else because at the time it was needed. Oh, I've right. I've I mean, and, 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 and people were I like, think hey, we all have. Right. I mean, that is the delineation. How big is Peter? How big is Paul? Right. I mean, so that's when you have to look at it and go, oh, okay, you know, I 100% agree with you, bro. Like she is wrong for what she did and she should have to pay penance for the, 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 the thing that she did. But I, I'm just saying that it, it, it happens because there's no internal audits and procedures, right? Yeah. And that is where the business, the business is what's failed it, right? Because if, if there was an individual, a third-party person, like I, I, my, my wife is a CPA, right? And we run a lot of money uh -huh. through the businesses. And my wife, legal, legally, my wife could be my accountant because she's a CPA. But absolutely not. We're not going to do that. We're going to do a third-party person. And that third-party person multiple times have called me and said, hey, Chuck, what's this? When I tell yeah. them, you know, like may maybe I take the guys out to the Hooters, right? Or, or, or someplace like that because we're a construction company and, you know, the guys are the guys, you know, hey, let's go out and have a couple beers and have some wings and, you know, I have the ambiance of what guys like. And that the accountant will go, what is this for? And I tell them, they go, you have okay, an online application sure. process. I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> I... <laughs> Josh, I, I offered you a job, man. No, you just I have know, to, like, I know, I know. Come I know, out I know. here to Neverland. <laughs> I think it was the where, chaps where requirement. I think, I think it was the chaps requirement was, that, yeah, uh, was, that took yeah. a, put him off the job. The chaps in the winter and nothing else. I was, I was, <laughs> all right, that's that's too much for my blood. You just, you just have to wear them around your neck, bro. You'll be fine. Oh. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, Jeeper, it's your turn to chime in. If you have a news tip response to any one of our stories, we, we absolutely love hearing from you guys. So uh, be, be sure to let us know what you have to say. And, and honestly, you can do it by phone or by email. Just give us a, a voicemail or, or shoot us a, a little typed out message. Either way, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to interact with us here on the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And it's real important that you tell all kinds of wheelers about the 4x4 Radio Network. I know, I know, it's kind of weird for a Jeeper to go up to uh, somebody with a Hummer or a Toyota in a parking <laughs> lot and just be like, Hey, would you like to listen to the 4x4 Radio Network? No, I know it's kind of weird, but honestly, we have something for all kinds of wheelers out there. The next time you're on the trail and you see somebody in your group that's not driving a Jeep, well, be sure to tell them about the 4x4 Radio Network. We've got shows like the On the Trail podcast, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast, Trail Chasers as well, and of course, the Jeep Talk Show is there also. Lots of great off-road shows. It's all in one place, and it's all for free. That's the best plate, the best part. All you got to do is head over to the number four, the letter X, the number four, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4, radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. 
Hey, and coming up in Tech Talk, Josh covers the top five rules of trail repairs. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is written by weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong keeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. So uh, the other day on Twitter, which is, of course, now uh, an Elon uh, uh, company, uh, <laughs> uh, Lipson, uh, the, the, the service that we use to publish the show, they sent out a tweet and said, uh, what, is, what do you do with your podcast? What is your goal with your podcast? And I thought about it for a minute, and I answered entertainment. Um, we, have, we have tech on here. But we're really about entertainment. We want was to infotainment not an option. Well, uh, I, I suppose it was, but I answered with entertainment because that's really what we do here. Oh, we, we entertain. I'm sorry, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's fine to have an opinion. Uh, that that was mine, and that's what I shared with them because that's what we do here: is we entertain, and and we, yeah, we do throw tech in there, some really good tech. But uh, hopefully that's what you're getting from this, uh, this, uh, these, these podcasts, these episodes. And uh, if you are, I would encourage you to become a paid subscriber. And as we like to say, don't be like Chuck. Uh, pay for the show. Pay for the privilege of listening to the show and being entertained. Uh, just go to, <laughs> just go to com slash contact and look for all the ways that you can become a paid subscriber. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, Chuck, I'm real sorry to hear that your scrambler got scrambled. It kind of reminds me of a time when I went to Mexico <laughs> and ordered a pizza. And all they gave me to cut it with was Little Caesars. Yes. Send <laughs> oh, all your God. hate mail to the Jeep Talk Show. Oh. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling <laughs> to tell you that I just got a record player made out of chocolate. Yeah, it really sounds sweet. All right, boys and girls, yeah. I'll chat at you later. Have a good one. Bye. My uh, my wife, who's originally from Mexico, just burst into the room and said, "What the hell did he say?" <laughs> yeah, chocolate. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Zip ties, duct tape, ratchet straps, and bailing wire. Oh, my. We <laughs> off-roaders live in a strange catch-22 of vehicle ownership. None of us have 4x4s that were ever designed to do all of the extreme gravity-defying mountain climbing, mud-dancing, sandblasting, rock-jumping that we put our Jeeps through. Sure, you can say that you've re-engineered your Jeep to take it to the level of punishment that you administer to the poor rig every other weekend, but the truth is, is that after you have upgraded your Jeep, well, you're much more likely to try and find harder and more treacherous obstacles to go wheel on now that the vehicle is more capable than ever before. Well, I'm guilty of this myself, so don't feel too bad. No matter how low a set of gears you install or how strong the axle shafts you upgrade to are, how overbuilt the Jeep really is, you are bound to raise the difficulty of trails that you run on over time to match or exceed what your rig is actually capable of doing. It's just human nature. Or jeeper nature, at the very least. 
Either way, knowing that we cannot build suspensions, drivetrains, or any parts for that matter that are completely and 100% indestructible, we must prepare ourselves for the inevitable vehicle component failure out on the trail. But that does also mean that we don't need to then carry a veritable parts store of extra parts with us every time we hit the trails. But you do know the kind of failures I'm talking about. It's the kind of breakage that tries to strand you and your family out in the wild in an attempt to make you late for work on Monday morning. It could be a broken steering knuckle, a twisted drive shaft, busted bracket, or even a flat tire that pops up out of nowhere to ruin your good time. The thing that you need to remember is that saving your own butt is the name of the game when it comes to trail repairs, and there is no rules in this fight. Notice I didn't say trail fix. There could be a world of difference between a repair that you make out on the trail with your crescent wrench and limited resources versus the type of repair that you make in your garage with all your tools and the auto parts store around the corner. So in this segment, I'm going to talk about the strategies and tips that create the top five rules of trail repairs that could get you off the trail and back to civilization. Nothing fancy, just plain old-fashioned solutions and a bit of ingenuity to get you back home so you can fix the vehicle correctly. Okay, rule number one, believe that you can repair anything. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of the night, raining sideways, and the only tools you have are a buck knife and your seven-year-old daughter. There are always possibilities. The key to finding those obscure and creative solutions is to have a calm and open mind. Panicking or letting the situation get the better of you will and will it should cloud your judgment and make it harder to use the rational and logical part of your brain versus the emotional side. Rash, knee-jerk reactions to breakage out in the wilderness could lead to regrettable decisions being made which may cost you more than your patience in the long run. Take a few minutes to metabolize the adrenaline and dopamine dump that you're experiencing and then start working out your solutions. Oftentimes, the problem will just seem to solve itself if you give it a little bit of mental time with a clear head. Rule number two, you have to remember to put your personal safety above everything else. Fixing the Jeep is one thing, but killing yourself in the process isn't going to do anybody any good. That being said, don't be afraid to get creative with your solutions. How do you think it was discovered that starting fluid can re reset the beat of a tire with a wonderful little explosion? Now, it's up to you to determine what level of personal injury is acceptable in any given situation, but doubly so when we're talking about a trail repair in the wilderness. Rule number three, sometimes more is not better. There are no trail repairs that absolutely require the use of a torque wrench or a ratcheting screwdriver, so don't waste the space in the tool bag for tools that you don't really need. Also, some tools can do double duty or even more as other things as well. For instance, don't bother packing even a single pair of pliers as a single set of vice grips can do the job of those and other things like hose pliers. They can also crimp off a leaky, leaky or split line as well, like a hose clamp could. Now, the longer you wheel your rig, the more familiar you will become with this particular tool requirements. If you really sit down and you think about it, you're going to figure out what you really need and what you really need to leave behind. And the more efficiently you pack your tool bag for the Jeep, well, the more room that you'll have for spare parts or the tools that make the biggest difference. Rule number four. Nothing is off limits. Even if this means that your friend needs to sacrifice his spare parts or even something like the front drive line off of his Jeep, if it means that one Jeeper loses four-wheel drive so that another Jeeper can get home, so be it. This goes double for branches and vines, sticks and twigs. If you can Tarzan that Jeep back together enough to get you off the trail with nothing but stuff from the woods, then do it. It could mean the difference between life and death. Rule number five, and this could arguably be the most important one. Don't forgo maintenance for the sake of just getting out there. There will always be another wheeling trip. So if the Jeep isn't ready, it's not ready. 
Look, some people may say, run what you brung and damn the condition. Just wheel the rig and figure the rest out later. But regular maintenance and visual inspections done both before and after each trip out may save you from ever having to do a repair on the trail in the first place. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Remember that, and you may just develop a habit of wheeling more than you wrench. So stick around, Jeeper. On the next Tech Talk, we'll take this topic and extend it out to the more creative side of trail repairs. Think uh, along the lines of redneck engineering, if you will. So I can't here. I can't wait for that because I, I know that we've had to do some of those ourselves. So it'll be interesting yep. to see what you come up with. I think those are yeah, the best I think we'll kind. Have a fun, we'll have a fun little conversation after the next Tech Talk oh, and, and kind of absolutely. You know, compare, compare some, show, uh, some notes and, and things like that about uh, what we've done and what we've gotten away with. Mm-hmm. Chuck, I know that you're going to be an integral part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, if you want, we can uh, we can discuss it over a cigar and a couple beers because uh, I've got a life lifelong jeeping uh, endeavor of redneck repairs. I can I can talk to you with. Well, sweet <laughs> we man. Hopefully, I really can uh, I can uh, add stuff. a couple to your list that you may not be familiar with, and and vice versa. In the meantime, if you, you, the Jeeper, have anything to add, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk or a topic that you would like for us to cover, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, send us a message, and who knows, on the next Jeep Talk Show, you may hear a Tech Talk segment that you suggested. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. All right, I know all of you guys with more modern Jeeps will already know this, but if you're from the older Jeeps, uh, and no, not Chuck's old Jeeps, but like TJ, XJ times, being able to get in the Gladiator in cold weather, yes, 60, and turn the heat up is literally, and then it's literally warm in just a couple of minutes, you quit shivering, is amazing. So, Wendy... Uh, tell me about the JK. I've never had a JK. I've never had uh, much uh, interaction with a JK. Uh, you guys get a uh, much more colder weather up there, like maybe down to 55 or something. Does the... <laughs> does, <That's it. laughs> 18, does 0, the, <laughs> minus 9. Yeah. So uh, how does the, the JK, uh, does it handle the uh, the getting the, the Jeep nice and warm uh, quickly? Or, yes, uh, does it, it, it actually it heats up very quickly and... One of our episodes, I believe it was last year, Josh talked about seated or uh, heated seats that you could yeah. actually install. Yep. So he, yep. Bill went ahead and did that. And let me just tell you oh, what, right that on. is the most awesome thing ever. So yes, so is the it, JK heats up very quickly. Is that it just is fabulous. Is it just passenger heated seats or is it both uh, no, driver he, he, and passenger? No, he did both of them and he actually, <laughs> I should do a segment on that. He actually yes. did he actually put little switches in so we could do low or high heat. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, nice. So can he, can he control the conversation by turning up the heat on your seat? Yes, and he's done that. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it, I'm having another hot flash. What the hell? Oh, the seat's hot. Damn it, Bill, stop it. Uh, yeah. That's All right. Uh, you know, I saw Bill coming in the background earlier, and I was going to, I meant to ask you, was he wearing a tool belt or was that his pajama bottoms? No, I think it was, I have no idea. I'm sure he it was. Looked like a tool, it I looked like a tool belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he was wearing the hell some are you kind going of pajamas. To bed I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Josh, uh, you have an XJ. Does your heater even work? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in the shop. I don't you're, know. You're saying that you're saying that work? because I'm I'm entering the third year with a Honda without any heat. So, yeah. Oh uh, wow! That's, oh no, that's not good the, in your area. Yeah, Ooh. I guess down to like forty there, so it's really cold. <laughs> Jeez, the hell it does. <laughs> I'm triggering people. I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no, the heat in the XJ works just fine. I, I did have to uh, replace the heater core in it once uh, already, so uh, that, that's just kind of how it goes with a high-mileage vehicle. Seems like the, yeah, but it seems like the XJ took quite a bit of time, uh, oh, five, no. five, ten minutes uh, for it to, to get heat, heated up properly. Maybe your XJ. I yeah. mean, but as far as, I mean, every Jeep that I've ever uh, in, encountered has always had a, a, a remarkable heater. I think it's just one oh, of really? those things that Jeep is, is, has been known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you seem to have the, the, uh, the one Jeep that's like the exception to the rule. Well, the TJ's uh, doesn't heat up as quickly as the, the Gladiator does. I mean, I'll have to try it out, but uh, uh, it seems like it, it, takes, uh, it takes a long time. I mean, minutes. Uh, for it to heat up, where the the Gladiator, uh, and I'm sure it has to do with how they've got it set for uh, warming up the engine coolant. Uh, they just get the the engine coolant heated up quicker uh, in the in the Gladiator than what it. it, it, it well, you, know, you it, could. I mean, I, and I don't know if it if it's like this or not. I and I I I know that there are some uh, manufacturers who do this have a a two stage heater system where you, you you run on electric heat. Essentially, there's there's an element, uh, essentially an element like heat exchanger that that is right next to the heater core that is activated, uh, you know, immediately on the on the call for heat. Uh, but then as the uh, the vehicle temperature comes up and, oh, and the, uh, the vehicle comes to operating temperature, uh, it, it switches over to the heater core. Um, and then it's a more or less seamless transition from from one form of heat to another so that it, as soon as you get in the vehicle. Now, I mean, this is in, in higher end, more luxury style vehicles. Sure. Um, I, the, the last that comes to mind is, uh, oh, crap. Now I'm brain farting on that vehicle. It was a it was a Ford product, unfortunately. Really? Uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah, that's and uh, that was the same car that had air conditioned seats. That was remarkable. Oh, now see, I oh, you think that. no, you think heated seats are nice. That would be nice. Seats are just, I mean, to the next level, man. It is, it is wow. beyond. Literally <laughs> blowing AC up my ass, and it sounds like a good thing. <laughs> uh, so, so Chuck, jeez, uh, oh, never mind. In the 40s, the Jeep heater was a chunk of uranium, and you can't get that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that That's because all of us aren't sissies, and that's sissy with a P. <laughs> 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 so you've yeah. already had some cold temperatures there haven't you uh, uh uh chuck what's your name chuck oh yeah yeah it's uh it's steve uh yeah it's steve here we've never uh no it's fine yeah we've we've already been in a freezing yeah it's fine so do you but have any heat in the scrambler you have an 81 of... scrambler that's that's in the oh, recent I, part yeah. of the last decade so does it take it a while for it to heat up yeah no, get no, no, because I mean it's it's a it's a V eight, right? So uh, like any heater, it just goes off of the uh, antifreeze, mm-hmm. right? So the faster your motor comes to temp, the, you're fine. Like even Josh's little four cylinder, my son Josh, you know, I mean you just throw it on a high idle, and if the uh, when when the motor comes to temp, then you throw your fan on, and you're gonna you're gonna get to te- get to temp because it's just it's literally a radiator on in the cab. That's all it is. Right, and so all you do is just blow air through the hot radiator, just like the radiator on your front of your motor. It's literally the same thing. So, uh, the, as fast as your motor can come to heat, then 
your, or come to temp, then the, your cap can come to temp. A lot of that has to do with the with the clutch fan and the uh, and the thermostat uh, right. in the vehicle as well. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah we we How run we run one eighty. Yeah, we we run one hundred eighty uh, one hundred eighty degree. Um, uh, what are the uh, help me out here, Josh? A thermostat, and uh, yeah, we we don't run clutch fans on any of our stuff because it's so old, so it just runs. You know, we, we, I might, ha- I think I have a flex fan or something like that on the front of mine, but everything else, it just, it just yeah, runs. Yeah, I think on the so Scrambler, you switched uh, over to electric fan, but uh, I'm, I could be mistaken. I did not. Yeah, no, I, I did not. I, I, it's one of the things that I want to do, but I'm a cheap bastard. Ah, uh, that's so what So now it was. that the I'm Scrambler using runs, a conversation it, with reality. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, now that the Scrambler runs ish, I'm not going to throw any more money to it until it doesn't run. And then, uh, then I'll throw more money to it. So mm-hmm. you're <laughs> it's, uh, spoiling it's fine it. the way it is. You're spoiling it. And it's going, oh, well, if I do this, then uh, I can get this done to me. So what about you, listener? That's uh, right. What, what, what is it? Uh, how does your Jeep warm up? What is your Jeep? Uh, what model, year, and uh, uh, maybe the, the, the heater not warming up? Maybe it was a, uh, uh, what did you say, Josh? Not a condenser. The, uh, if, the heater core. Heater core. Maybe yeah. you got a bad heater core. Did you have to change out a, a heater core to get your uh, get your heat back? So tell me, tell me about your Jeeps uh, and uh, make model year. I mean, uh, make I guess would be Jeep. And uh, let me know how your uh, heater works during the winter time. Our interview with Tony Keller Car- Caravello Caravello of Best Top will be Carvalho. this Friday. Yeah. Say it again. I was going to say Carvalho or Car- Carveo. It depends on whether or not you want to go uh, with a Spanish influence on that last name. I was thinking Italian. I didn't. I wasn't thinking uh, uh, Spanish with that. But anyway, uh, anyway, uh, Tony from Best Top will uh, be this Friday. The interview with uh, Tony will be this Friday, episode seven zero five. And a reminder: our interview episodes are now on Friday. So this last weekend, I was out. I took a trip out to uh, Eastern Oregon, uh, Central Eastern Oregon, um, where uh, there is an area called Millican Valley. It is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of square miles of nothing but high desert uh, that has been allocated for primarily just OHV use. There is one OHV area off-highway vehicle uh, an off-roading area, if you will. I, some people may refer to them as parks, but this is Oregon. We have public land that we are allowed access to freely. And, and uh, as long as you follow the rules and, uh, you know, you don't put your Jeep on a motorcycle trail, then everything is, uh, is just hunky-dory. Um, I was out there for a, a race uh, called Rage in the Sage. It is in the King of the Castle series, which is basically one step below Ultra 4. Um, this is, uh, akin to King of the Hammers, uh, but not quite. It's a couple uh, class down from, from, from that. Um, these are in highly modified, uh, stage four style pro class, uh, unlimited class UTVs. Um, it's, it's off-road desert racing at its best. And, uh, and it is, it is a lot of fun. It's also a lot of stress and a, a massive amount of time dedication to prepare and get ready for um, the company I work for has a race team of which I am the crew chief for. Uh, we teamed up with a, uh, with another racer, uh, who did not have a pit, uh, or, or pit crew. Um, but, but did have a race trailer with a lot more, um, and specialty equipment than, than what we brought. Uh, but nonetheless, um, I mean, between the two teams, we had six different sets of spare tires, uh, all kinds of fuel and, and enough tools to get the job done. Uh, the six hour race was called at hour three and the course was closed. 
there was only four teams that actually finished the race out of 40 in the in that class um there were only four teams that actually finished the race uh in lap two there was a scramble for every other team trying to get every other team to carry parts out to their team oh uh, we gosh. i saw one car strapping on a, a an actual floor a full-sized floor jack a spare tire and a tool bag to the exterior roll cage of another race car <laughs> so that that team could then deliver those parts you know 30 miles i mean this is a this is a 200 mile race four laps of 50 miles the course wow. was 50 miles around uh and lap times were a little over an hour long the best lap time of the day i think was one hour and five minutes um, wow. Our second team was doing lap times of about an hour and seven minutes. Um, my direct responsible team, uh, we were doing uh, one hour, 11 minute uh, lap times. We were in the fifth to seventh fastest lap category. Unfortunately, uh, about three quarters of the way through the second lap, um, we lost the transmission, uh, the, the high range in the transmission, and we were pretty much dead in the water at that point. So, um, yeah, I didn't get to finish the race, uh, obviously didn't place. Uh, but, but had a, a, an amazing time, met some great people, uh, another shout out to Andrew out there with the, uh, with the Renegade YJ, um, and, uh, you know, had a good time, um, and, uh, definitely looking forward to, uh, to doing it again, uh, in this series and, uh, in this state, there are two races. One happens in October. The other one happens in, geez, what is it? June, July, uh, somewhere right around then. So, um, got, got a little bit of time till the next race. There is another race coming up, um, in this series, uh, that is happening in Reno at some point, um, or, or someplace, but, uh, that is, that is next month. Obviously we're not going to be able to get a uh, new transmission or a, the transmission rebuilt before then. So we are out of the runnings for the remainder of this season. Uh, however, we're looking forward to 2023 and, and looking to, uh, do some domination. Do you think you've uh, learned uh, some lessons? Uh, I, I guess you haven't torn into the transmission yet, so you don't know uh, what that lesson is. No, not not entirely. Um, I mean, this is a purpose-built race car uh, for all intents and purposes. This was a car that uh, was in a UTV v uh, promotional video uh, where they, I mean, they jumped the thing like 150 feet over, uh, you know, some connexes and stuff like that. I mean, it was it was a really cool video, and I mean, these machines can do some amazing stuff. Um, and I mean, there's hardly anything that is still stock on this vehicle. So, um, I mean, th these are purpose built machines that have been heavily modified to, uh, withstand the rigors of, of desert racing. Now, that being said, this is a UTV and we were running the largest set of tires out of virtually any other team out there. We had 33 inch tires. There were people out there that were running 27s. Um, and they were actually doing pretty good as far as chugging out consistent laps without having massive breakage. It seemed a lot of the teams that were running uh, long throw, long arm suspension systems, um, high clearance sus uh, suspensions, uh, and larger tires were running into the uh, running into the most carnage. Sure. So it, you know that that old uh, adage about hey that Dana thirty five isn't going to be able to handle those thirty sevens. Well, that actually applies uh, you know equally as well to UTVs, just in a sort of different scale. And uh, and we kind of we may have found that out the hard way. So um, I, I, again, I don't know. Uh, it'll it'll all come time. Uh, you know, all that will come clear as we start tearing into the transmission and stuff. But um, yeah, one lesson that was learned early. Uh, this actually happened during the parade lap before the race, uh, where um, we uh, you, you kind of got to uh, to run the course 
at an easier pace or race pace if you want. It all depends on what you want to do. Um, but it's one lap um, with, uh, you know, uh, with an open course. Um, and so we got the chase vehicles out there as well and all that sort of stuff. But the race car, uh, its tool bag came loose. And uh, the tool bag was mounted on the spare tire, which is mounted above and behind the engine, which is in the rear of the vehicle. And uh, the tool bag came loose and flopped its way up onto the engine and onto the top of the turbo, which oh, uh, this, this is, you know, a, 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 a was a 900 or 1000 cc engine with a with a tur- big ass turbo on it. Uh, these things pr- pr- turn out a lot of power stage four tune, you know, all this sort of stuff. That turbo gets red hot, oh, literally gosh. red hot. And that tool bag, which had, you know, clutch tools in it and for replacing belts and things like that, um, you know, uh, various sets of sockets for, you know, uh, doing certain repairs. I mean, it, it, like we were talking about, you know, on, on a previous tech talk about how to, how to set up your, your Jeep tool bag with only the, you know, the wrenches or the sockets that you need. I mean, obviously you don't need a 22 millimeter if nothing on the Jeep is 22 millimeter, you know, most of it's 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, that's pretty much all you need to carry. Um, and, and so we only had that kind of stuff in, in that tool bag, along with a brand spanking new top of the line snap on cordless impact wrench, which melted, caught on fire. And, uh, and so that, that entire tool bag melted and caught on fire. Um, luckily it was caught by another team. They flagged, uh, our driver down and, and was just like, uh, Hey, you're on fire. Uh, and uh, there's, there's two fire extinguishers on every car, uh, got the fire out. I mean, it didn't even, uh, barely melt the, the, uh, the wire loom that was on some of the wiring. Uh, but nonetheless, the entire back half of the, of the vehicle was covered in fire extinguisher dust. So Jeez. we had to, had to deal with this. This is, this is the, the, this is Friday night during the par- parade lap. We, uh, Friday afternoon. Um, and then Saturday morning was the race. So we had whatever time that you had by the time you got back to camp to clean the car up, assess damage, fix damage, retune the car and get it ready for race. So, um, it was a, it was a late night, Friday night. Um, we, we managed to get everything handled. The car was unhurt by the fire. Um, it was just a matter of cleanup and, and, uh, and then re reset tools. Essentially we lost, we lost half the tools. Um, so and, and of course I'll I'll try and, and share with you guys a picture of the uh, uh of the snap on uh, impact that was that was completely melted. Good it would just be God. like holy cow. There's gotta be a uh, lot of crying on that one. Yeah, well it's, only, uh, it was only ninety two more payments to go. <laughs> yeah, we're we'll figure out uh whether or not snap on is actually going to um warranty <laughs> to, that or not. To warrant but, it, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be should be fun. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, it, all, all, for all intents and purposes, it was, um, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we I had, mean, we you want things time. to go perfectly, but at least you enjoyed going out there and being part of that. I guess the only way it would be a bit better if you were driving. Well, I did yeah, get a chance to drive uh, on the parade lab. I was driving, um, our support vehicle, which is a, uh, uh again, a highly modified UTV, but it's a four seater, not a single seater. Uh, and this one is set up with a larger, uh, cargo area which we have the Milwaukee Packout um, set up in there for things like recovery, for tools, for some spare parts, uh, and even a cooler. Uh, because, you know, when you're desert racing, you've got to have some cold water. Uh, and if you're out there and you're, you run into another team, um, you know, hey, it's, it's kind of handy if you can chuck another team of cold water and that saves the day. 
you know, type of thing. It's just good sportsmanship. Uh, and, uh, uh, so, you know, that, that sort of stuff out there and, and, uh, and being able to, uh, uh, you know, take care of things as, as they pop up, you know, that, that boy scout rule, be prepared. Um, that's what the support vehicle is for. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad you were uh, out there to do that. And it's, it's really lucky that you work for a company that you can be part of that. So, uh, I, I know you like that kind of stuff. Yeah, and the the team that we, um, uh, the other guy who we teamed up with, um, he's been doing this for a lot longer than we have. He's a Southern California transplant, uh, comes from a family of desert racers uh, and stuff like that. And uh, and he's talking about he and the and the uh, the owner of the company I work for are talking about combining forces into one much more uh, better equipped, uh, much more official race team. Because mm-hmm. uh, the other guy is talking about possibly buying a brand spanking new race car. His is is about eight years old, seven or eight years old. And although it is a machine that can compete, uh, it is a little bit older technology. It's starting to get a little bit beat up. It's showing its age. There is newer stuff that is much stronger, much more resilient, um, uh, a lot easier to set up, maintain, and modify, uh, and that could be just as, if not more, more competitive. So at that point, then we would have three race cars in the uh, in, in the stable, uh, opening up the possibility of me becoming a driver and somebody else stepping in as crew chief. Oh, I'm not cool. sure if I really want to do that. Granted, I'm I'm, I'm very much a driver at heart. Um, but I'm not sure that there is somebody else that can fit the role of crew chief <laughs> as well as I can. So yeah, hard to at, least, at least as far as, as our, in, in our immediate circle. So somebody mm-hmm. may come out of the blue. Um, you know, I don't know, but, yeah. uh, unless there it is hard, hard to let go of that. So keep us, uh, keep us updated. Yeah, we'll do. In the meantime, Jeeper, we uh, encourage you to sign up for the Jeep talk show newsletter, uh, chock full of great information about what's happening here on the show who we're going to be talking to, what we're going to be giving away and when, and of course the inside information that you need to join in on our Tuesday Roundtable episodes. Those are when we invite you, the listener, to come around the world's biggest roundtable of Jeepers and record an episode of the Jeep Talk Show live with us. It's a lot of fun. We highly encourage you to do it. Be sure to check it out. It's all in the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com contact. You'll find a link to click and sign up. Don't worry. It's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. And we hope to see you next Tuesday. That's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure to call into the show and say hi. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Don't regret missed opportunities, Jeeper. If you want to say something to somebody, just do it. It's always a lot easier to get over embarrassment than it is regret. Casting since 2010.